Welcome to Quick Shots with your favourite cousins, James and Alex Fitzgerald. Yaz, with the first question for you, Alex, what is your biggest do and don't when it comes to property investment? Oh, that's a good one. I think we both should answer that um, just in case you have something different to say. My biggest do... Ah, fudge. My biggest do is... I'm actually, sorry, I'm pausing because the first thing I wanted to say was buy what you can afford. But I think what's more important than that is is buying land um, because buying what you can afford could be just anything, um, but buying land in a high growth area to be more specific. that That's the biggest do. Land is a commodity. Uh, they're not making any more of it. When we say high growth, we're looking at um, population growth, job growth and infrastructure growth. If they aren't going to be making more of it, like they're not making those Carolina blue off-white Air Force Ones, they're going to become uh, higher in value. <laughs> wow. And boy, are they a good set of shoes. I wonder if, Biggest... uh, wonder if your household's uh, into basketball. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. My, my biggest don't is um, just, this is off the top of my head, but my biggest don't is probably don't, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Like don't invest all in one state or or if you've got a $1.5 million BC, you know, going and buying a $1.5 million house, like, sorry, there are two different ways to say don't don't put your all your eggs in one basket. But yeah, there are ways you can actually diversify within the, the property, um, using property as an investment. People say diversify as in like different assets, but I think you can actually very well diversify within, within property. Do you want to add anything to that? Because, you know, you might be curling your toes going, she... I don't agree with anything she's just said. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> biggest do and don't for me is one and the same, and that's having a good team, which which speaks to your point. Um, you know, probably just more broadly, you know, uh, a team. You need a good mentor, an accountant who owns property. You need a good property manager if if property investments what what you're going down. A good mortgage broker. Um, they're they're really important. Those four in particular, and and the biggest don't is I think it's such a false economy to try and do it yourself without a bit of guidance to, you know, um, skimp on on property management and accounting fees to, you know, go to the one bank and just put all your loans, you know, with the one bank to save an extra point two point three percent. It's a false economy. So the the do's and don'ts for me is, is that team, where I just think you, you achieve so much more if you surround yourself with a good uh, network behind you. Well said. You went you went more like dynamics of the question and I probably went a little bit more mechanics. I think Man, that's why we're, we're a given, good combo. That's why we're a good combo. We're the best of both worlds there. But uh, anyway, there might be a lot of people disagreeing. Um, you're going to get this one even though I sort of like doubled you up. <laughs> um, this one's from Gavin. Yes. And Gavin has said, given the housing crisis, are apartments just as compelling today? I think they're they're broadly i think given the housing crisis land is even more compelling because the solution is is density um i guess if if the alternative is missing out and and not getting into the market then yes, I think getting into the market beats, you know, not today. Um, you know, if, if you were to go down that track, I've always felt that apartments in um, smaller complexes generally don't have the big cyclical ups and downs. You know, the thing about the the high rises is that a lot of supply can be introduced mm. at the one point in time. So it can be, um, you know, you can see some distressed sales, you can see um, some rents, you know, going up and down and yo-yoing. So if, if you were 
to go there, you know, try and keep it to the smaller complexes. Um, but yeah, obviously land, land always primary, but getting into the market is going to be better than sitting out at this point. Uh, Mel. Oh, particularly if you're an owner-occupier, right? Like I'd say. Particularly. I'd say if, oh, that, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say if you, if you really can't break in as an owner-occupier and, and you know, like you, you're battling in the rental market too, like, you know, yeah. And your, your home is capital gains free. It, it yeah. you know, secures your, your repayments rather than being at the behest of, you know, rents and all that. Uh, Mel one. wants to know, I'm, I've got enough land at the front of my house to put a second dwelling. Would I be better off going with a slab poured granny flat or a modular home? Oh, Mel, you've come to the right place. Why? Because this is meant to be <laughs> my maternity leave project. I've also got oh, a property okay. that I'm investigating the same thing. Listen, I'm not I'm not at the end of the line yet, but what I can tell you is that right now a slab poured granny flat, which is like a, an actually built structure as you would a house, is actually more cost effective than a modular home. But of course, it does not provide you with the same flexibility. You know, if you want to get rid of that modular home in, in time or I don't know, take it with you one day. The modular homes are bloody expensive today. Um, so so look at it on a per square meter rate and compare both. The one thing I will say on that, however, is that if you've got like quite a easy, generic, large space, You've, you've really got the choice between the two. Mm. Um, like the modular homes are a little bit inflexible in that, you know, these companies have got like a, a list of, you know, 10 different homes and they either fit or they don't on your block. Whereas if you go the slab poured, you can actually purpose build something that's very specific to your uh, backyard, which is which is what I'm learning at the moment. But, um, yeah, I will Dif- tell you I reckon- on a- I reckon different if you live there too. I'd be more inclined to go modular if I live there. Really? Just in case you don't like how it works. It's less permanent. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's, it's, it is cheaper though today for the slab board. It is mm. cheaper. And I think, I think you know, we can say it's better to get modular because if you don't like it, you can take it away. But we're all cost-driven, especially today. No, we are very cost-driven. So do your homework, Mel, and, and please share it with me as well because that would really cut out a lot of time for, for me. <laughs> well, that's what we're <laughs> all about on this podcast. On <laughs> that's what we're all about on this podcast is making <laughs> your life easier, Alex. So. And on that note, it's probably gone way over. <laughs> hey, uh, thank you, Mel, Gavin and Yaz and anyone else who's been sending in their questions. We'd love to hear from you, our emails in the show notes. I better get on a flight. Get my, we appreciate you. Get my tush down to Melbourne. Coming. I'll see you soon. Bring your vest. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is the double shot dot podcast. That, my friends, is the double shot dot podcast. Until next time, think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot.